Hello and good evening and welcome to another Eevees and Beyond live stream. I hope there's a few people out there watching. Yes, the numbers are coming on board and rising. Don't forget to say hello in the chat uh, on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn or YouTube. Uh, we are more than happy to uh, answer any questions where we can or take your feedback or your comments or your abuse or chat amongst yourselves, whatever. Um, Facebook seems to be the most popular place at the moment. You actually get a way better experience on YouTube. And uh, even if you dual screen it and see how you go, I, I think you should uh, definitely in the long run go to YouTube and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And that's because uh, there's been a question that's bounced around a lot on Facebook and that is when is the road trip video coming? It is coming tomorrow. We are going to do it as a premiere tomorrow at 8 p.m. on the Evies and Beyond YouTube channel. So make sure you are subscribed to that so it reminds you. If not, just turn up on the Evies and Beyond YouTube page at uh, 8 o'clock and it should pop up there. And we can all watch it together and throw some comments up and so on and so forth. Now, uh, sorry, we were we did disappear for a couple of weeks there and this is part of the reason why that video is late too. Uh, literally had a bit of a funeral and a wedding situation and then sick kids and blah, blah, blah. It just didn't work out. But we've uh, got a bit more structure behind us now and these things are going to be way more regular. So, uh, yeah, thanks just... Uh, Still waiting. Oh, here we go. We've got comments already coming in. Evening, Trisha. Evening, CJ. Jason. Mark. You've stopped on the desert road to watch us. I really do appreciate that, Mark. That's a that's a great effort. Uh, hi, Lee. And uh, yes, Trisha, the BYD road trip. So uh, yeah, so that's 8 o'clock tomorrow night on the EVs and Beyond YouTube channel. I'll throw a reminder on Facebook, but we're not putting the video up there. Uh, now, we have a panel of two tonight. Um, we've got some interesting panelists coming up in the future we've got a couple more car company heads if you guys can recall back to uh the uh very popular byd live streams we've got a couple of other companies that have agreed to come on board and do some of these streams as well uh but i have a brilliant panel tonight exceptional panel tonight two very important people uh firstly i'm going to bring in from the uh much celebrated publication evs and beyond matthew henson thanks for joining me matthew zero bias there at all richard zero bias I, I i'm glad that you confirmed that we're we're brilliant guests as well i was getting a little concerned there saying well you've, we've got interesting guests coming in the future the dregs though are tonight uh which is what i, I thought that's what you were building towards but i'm glad that i'm brilliant thank you <laughs> so that's uh so matthew's on board and we're going to talk about some stuff we've been up to today and then he's going to disappear a little bit early in the scene because uh he's got to go to bed he had a very long day again which we'll talk about <laughs> <laughs> and so uh here for the long haul because he is a he's a true gentleman and and a, a very important man i think to the ev trade in new zealand because he bought the mgz sev to market in new zealand we have uh the uh former head of mg motor new zealand and now the head and importer of horn electric scooters new zealand uh welcoming anthony mclean thanks for joining us anthony thanks richard thanks for the introduction yeah. Must be uh, interesting for you seeing the success of the first generation MG ZSEV and now the new one coming, well, the updated version coming through. You're, while you're not at MG, you're still proud to see that that kind of legacy you put together is going on? Yeah, for sure. And I think the first one, you know, was a big learning curve for, for us at MG, for the dealers who hadn't sold electric before. And then, of course, they've had no stock this year and we've waited for a long time. And now and uh, a new ZSEV or revised ZSEV was... Uh, launched on Thursday 
actually, and I got invited along to that uh, launch as well as a representative from from EV and Beyond. And I see and I recognise some of the customers, some of the original EV customers on the from Facebook <laughs> that are watching the show tonight as well. So that's that's quite good fun because we used to keep an eye on that, of course. Fantastic. Yeah, of course. Uh, Anthony sold me my first brand new or newish because I drove it as a test car. First electric vehicle, the that ZSEV, which we still very much love, and we'll touch a little bit on that as we get on uh, through the, uh, the the stories uh, tonight. Uh, so let's uh, start off, and those of you who are originals from the first episode uh, will know what I'm about to pull up: uh, the news, and again, my terrible stings. Yeah, they're hey, not I good. thought that was okay. Well, I've just lost a little bit of faith in your taste. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like a so, you know, okay. Exactly. We are going to start today with something we've actually been up to today. We've had to that before. Uh, we did something that not, I don't think any magazines have really done in New Zealand or any publications done yet. We got together four EVs in the same place for a single test, specifically. Uh, we went with, and I'm just going to pull up the presentation now, if I can get this right. It can do it. Here are we. Is it going to go? Don't do this to me, computer. Slides. Until to design three. We can oh, just chat no. <laughs> no, no, no. We can, we can, we can make this work in a different way. If I go like this, Ooh. present. Has they popped up now? Is, are they working? <laughs> negative, negative, negative. Okay, here we go. Let me do this in a different way. For some reason, that's not working. Well, uh, if I go and share. That's the challenge with being live without a team of twenty people helping you alongside there, Richie. I know, but these people know that this is terrible. So let... <laughs> if we if we go and share, yeah. if we go and share, I think if we share this tab, oh, right. oh, there we go, there we go, and then if I go, no, anyway, no, you were there, you were good there, then, Richard. Yep, but I lost everything else on my screen is the problem. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, we'll just leave it like that. I don't know what's going on. Try this one more time. Share slide. No, we'll stick with what we've got. Present. Uh yeah, Canva's good, but apparently it's not working tonight. Anyway, we'll um we'll work with it. We can you just have to see my little slides down the side, uh, which will give you a little bit of a presentation of what's going on, I guess. So, um, if I go back to the start of this uh, this presentation, uh, I give up. Anyway, people are laughing at us now. With us, uh, with us, with us, with us. Yep, that's the spirit. Anyway, we'll start talking. So what we did today was we went out and we tested four vehicles. The MG ZS EV, 
the BYD Eto3, the Kona Hyundai Kona Electric, and one that's really kind of new to the uh, to the market, I guess, and that is and there's only one here, and they haven't actually confirmed the pricing yet, and that is the Sangyong Corando Emotion. So um, yeah, we took them on a bit of a, a loop around South Auckland. We had four. Uh, journalist with us uh myself matthew robert barry who's pretty well known around the traps and is um uh a very highly regarded uh journalist particularly in the in the fleet space um so yeah we took uh the the vehicles out for uh, for a run um we've all spent some time there before most of them and it was just really interesting to do the the comparison now um Matthew, do you want to talk about what your your favourites of the day were? I mean, what which vehicles did you kind of capture, enjoy? We we, we can't spoil what wins this, um, but I mean, I mean, we genuinely can't because I don't know what's going to win this. I think it's going to be really um, really tight. Um, I guess to give some perspective, um, each of us who are there, we've we've got a, a sheet, we've got criteria, and that we're going to review the cars based on. Um, all of that will be fed through later this week and we'll have some sort of number that can hopefully, uh, you know, give some weight to whatever with, uh, you know, uh, I guess how we would rank these cars. Um, my, the thing I found really interesting um, was that at, at some point in time, I thought each individual car was an outlier within the group. Um, they're all quite different cars with, quite different even though i think a lot of them are, are fairly normal things to to compare um and it, it, yeah i mean I, I thought they were excellent and the other thing that i saw i thought stepped out to me was that there was no tesla model 3 there but i didn't feel, feel like i was missing one you know i feel like it's the norm when you're comparing evs the size to chuck the three in there because it's so well regarded um but i think it shows sort of how how the industry is progressing um yeah yeah, I, I, and the other thing, and, and you, know, you and I talked about it today, I talked to Robert quite a bit about it today, that Sangyong's really impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, the Sangyong's an interesting one. It's, um, uh, it's such a surprise vehicle. We, uh, to give people a little bit of detail around it, uh, this vehicle's kind of a, a, it's a little bit bigger than the rest of the vehicles in this class. Um, definitely more spacious. I mean, it's got a 550-litre boot and a back seat that really genuinely can take adults. And, um, yeah, I uh, thought it was just super impressive. Uh, how they, Look, it's a little bit dated, I think, in the design, particularly outside, it's inside. In the design, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, it, it works. It works. Um, and I found it super comfortable. It really did make my make me question my decision around the BYD, um, and that the BYD is still probably my favourite out of that pack. If I like, I, people know my thoughts on these vehicles, but that Kona, uh, sorry, that uh, that Corando, um, it's if I run through, it's super practical, uh, super comfortable, super easy to use. My wife sometimes gets a bit frustrated having to pick up some of the new technology. Uh, in these, oh, here we go, uh, in these um, vehicles. But uh, she was like, there is no learning curve for that car. You get in, it's got normal controls, a normal screen, um, a normal sh transmission shifter, all that kind of stuff. She was happy. 
Interestingly, the technology, even though the, the, the infotainment screen is kind of your standard Apple CarPlay, Android Auto screen, the technology seems very akin to Kia and Hyundai's. Things like right down to the same paddles, a lot of the things around the, um, uh, the dashboard are very similar. They, they do have a Sangong twist to them. Um, yeah, and super quiet. And of course, it has one other party trick that none of these other cars have, Matthew, which is... Oh, is it? I don't know whether I verified this, um, but I know that other. I know. I know that other Sangyong models can do it, where you can ta- change the indicator chime to the sound <laughs> of cicadas. Not that one. Not that not party that trick. What's, what's not that. That's the only part of the trick in my book. What, what, what's the one you're referring to? And and I'm waiting for Mark Buckingham in the comments to squeal in delight. Um, it can tow fifteen hundred kilograms. Yeah. And while people go, oh, I want my ute to tow three and a half ton, 1,500 kilograms is decent. I mean, I think in electric vehicle space, the only things that realistically go above that are a heck of a lot more expensive. Um, and yeah, I, I just think I, if I was a, a brand within this test that would be concerned about that Corando, I would be, it would be Hyundai. Now, you know, it's not going to be that concerned because they do have such a, a, a toehold in the fleet space. But if I was looking at a fleet car, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, Stephen Baxter says, enough for your average fiberglass boat. Um, yeah, so so that's an interesting one. The new MG, controversial here. I'm not 100% convinced. And here's, here's my reasoning, is that it doesn't have a drastic amount more range available to you. But they've taken away some power for good reasons. The old one did like to do a few, a few wheel spins. Um, the new interior is a lot better, but largely the same from a practicality perspective. Uh, it's, a, it's a decent upgrade. Didn't blow me away. Yeah. Anthony, if you, you've had a look at the new MG. What were your thoughts? Oh, it was totally an evolution. So I remember when when I saw ZST for the first time over and above, you know, the old ZS range. And and just for a bit of context, uh, you know, when I worked for MG, I ran a ZS for nearly two years because it was the only car we had in the range that was bigger than an MG3. So, you know, there's a few family holidays. It was our main car. Um, there's a few family holidays in there with, 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 you know, my wife and two kids. So I know ZS pretty well. ZST was a step you know, was just a subtle, was a was a, an improvement in the areas that needed improving. And mm. a new ZS EV is exactly those changes rolled out onto the EV platform. So, mm. and when I looked at a an Atto 3 the other day um, and then hopped in a new ZS, I was quite surprised, you know, because online there's a lot of commentary about that Atto 3 being, that Atto 3 interior being fairly full on. I actually think it's a great place to be, the, the Atom. Mm. So mm. the the ZS is a less confrontational, you know, more conservative interior, and it works well. And the, um, and the entertainment's a, a nice upgrade. But it doesn't really move the needle, does it? It's just better. It's not outstanding. It's just better. Yeah. So. And I think people need to realize that when they go drive it is that, um, sorry, uh, that it's, I actually noticed that lack of power compared to the first generation. They have down, they've lowered the torque, I think, by about 70 newton meters. Um, and arguably that is probably good for both efficiency and, and the chassis itself. Um, but it, it you do notice that slight reduction in, in, in power. 
and but there is definitely more range there from just that jump up from the 44 and a half to the 50 kilowatt uh, and they haven't exactly put a new price premium on it. I think that Essence model we were driving today, which kind of matches the old old model, um, is about $3,000 more expensive than what the old model was. So I think that is worth the upgrade. Uh, but I think that the, the thing MG needs to realize is they're in a very competitive market. And for that money, you could have a 50 kilowatt BYD. Um, and for not a lot more, you can have something like the Corando uh, or a whole pile of options coming through. But I kind of... I kind of feel like the ZS only released the last till the MG4 gets here. MG4's had great reviews, hasn't it, overseas? Yeah. Um, really, really good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think the interesting point on, on MG ZS EV, Richard, is that um, the entry level, the Excite, is actually a really good sweet spot. You know, from, mm-hmm. from somebody who's not a lover of uh, vinyl seats, however you want to dress them up, you know, you might want to pretend they're vegan leather, but what they really are is hot in summer and and they're not flash in summer at all. So, mm. you know, full disclosure, I've ordered a ZS and Richard, you and I talked about this, you know, whether I should get an Atto or, or a ZS. Um, and, and I bought a ZS just because actually at 50 kilowatt hour, and if you go for the lower spec mm. and then I did the stuff I didn't care for, it's not a perfect list, but um, sorry, I should have put that on silent, shouldn't I? Um, um, I think, um, uh, you know, the base one is, a, is an, is an interesting, is a particularly interesting proposition because at 50, there's still nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the Atto was, in, you know, but the Atto is impressive. And I think that, that lower output Atto is going to be a really interesting one. And interesting to see what you say about, about Sanyong. And I'm not sure that Sanyong have got the network though. Right. And I think this stuff is actually important in the day to day. I mean, they've definitely got a broader network than BYD, um, but if you, yeah, definitely not at the Hyundai kind of level of network, um, the or, or the MG level of network for that matter. I've I've been down to uh, the distributors base in Taupo a couple of times. They've been really trying hard lately on boosting their things like parts and surfaceability, their ability to send parts around the country, their ability to supply. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that car. I see that car probably fighting very much for potentially older buyers and also in the fleet space and in the fleet space it could be able to play a role with its extra capacity in some of those areas where companies are looking at moving people out of utes into electrification and that kind of thing it's um and and that probably plays into sangyong's hand as well they they are big with tradies and various other other companies so we don't have an official confirmed price on the vehicle yet i've been speaking to uh andrew bayless at uh the distributors great lake motor company um they are working hard with korea on getting the pricing right um but they obviously have limited flex uh a little bit either side of 60 grand is the expectation, um, but could go up, could go down. Uh, there's like potentially going to be two models. There's all sorts of things they're discussing. But I think if you do, if you are struggling with the BYD, you're struggling with the MG, you're struggling with the Kona uh, and on space, or you like to tow, um, then I think you really should just hold on a piece and wait till you can talk to your Sangyong dealer and give that a drive um, because it could be a great option. Next, up from, next step up from that, you've really got to look at things like the Polestar and the uh, other stuff coming through. So uh, yeah, it's a um, it could be an intriguing option. Uh, for a few minutes. Yeah, so quite a quite a fun day. Now we got it's not exactly in that. So that story is going to be in the next DVs and beyond. So that's out I think on about the ninth of the next month. Uh, we're back on schedule with magazines earlier in the month. If people have noticed, we got our uh, magazine out on World EV Day. 
Now that brings us to a next piece of news that's breaking, so it's not actually in my script here, but I've thrown it in anyway, and that is the Volkswagen ID4 and ID5. Uh, now I don't have the full details in front of me, uh, but what we know is that Volkswagen New Zealand have managed to get, and we didn't, I didn't expect this to be honest, the pro model of the ID4 under the rebate limit. So that car is going to be 79,990 drive away, which means you rebate, so you're driving away at about $72,000. For that, you're getting a 77 kilowatt hour battery, uh, nearly 500, claim, uh, 500 kilometers of WT, WLTP range, fairly good spec. I've had a look through the sheets. The only things they've really cut from that model to get it under the line are things like the LED matrix lighting. Uh, it's got a smaller CarPlay screen than the upper models. Uh, and so on and so forth. Um, it's still got all the safety equipment there. It's still got most of the interior trim there. It's still got the nice big yellow wheels, which I think you need on that car to make it look decent. That is a lot of car for the money. It's not in the same ballpark, but it's a lot of car for the money. The question I have between what we've been driving today in the, in the BYD, in the, uh, the uh, Sangyong and in the MG, and now we've got this stuff coming in from the other side, and we've seen Kia drop their price on the EV6. Is Matthew, can you recall the price of the Kona we drove today? Have you got in front of you? Uh, I don't, but it was the it was the base sixty four kilowatt hour um, model, which I believe is is mid seventies. Yeah, um, but I, I, I'm I'm really fascinated by the sort of seventy to eighty thousand dollar window because it's it's getting really crowded really quickly. Obviously, we yeah. had the Mustang um discussed the mustang marquee discussed uh last week um which i i'm not sure whether they've actually come out with pricing on that yet but i'm sure that they'll be in that area too yeah. um this the ionic 5 is obviously 79 ev6 as you mentioned um i think it's it's maybe that's our next comparison yeah uh, totally totally I think what's interesting right now is there's a bit of a gap. So you look at uh, the pricing, there's a few people trying to get to that 80 grand cap. And I think, I, and I wrote an article uh, for, for um, EVs and Beyond Rich on, on this basis that actually the battleground shouldn't be that 79, 990 drive away stuff. It should be, it should be sixties and fifties and forties really, mm. you know, they've taken a big battery on ID4 and I, you, uh, which means that they've got one vehicle that's under the, cap have they come out with pricing for the other vehicles yet uh they yes, yes. Or is it um, and it's all over the cap that's the yeah that's the only one under the cap and i can't okay. imagine it's going to stay long under the cap either <laughs> so so you could argue you know why did they bring out the 77 kilowatt so they've only got one model under the cap why didn't they bring out a, the, one of the smaller batteries that got an offer have an id4 and an id5 um as a as a as a pro under the cap and then the pro pluses come with a 77 kilowatt hour battery you just give people a bit more choice right now you know eighty thousand dollars drive away it might be good spec for the money but it's not an affordable car and that's my kind of be in my bonnet about evs at the moment is that you know this stuff is coming fully loaded you know mm. mackie's 77 kilowatt hours too isn't it you know it's going to be so you know will they get it under the cap who knows it's a good looking car big battery, big range, but fingers crossed it'll be 80, but it's not going to be 70, it's not going to be 70 or 65, is it? Where's the stuff at 60? So, um, same I discussion I guess I had with, and we mentioned this in one of the previous streams, uh, the Aura Good Cat. 
they are launching here with the 63 kilowatt battery model. And I said, that's not really the one you want. The 49, 49 or 50 kilowatt LFP model, as opposed to the 64 uh, um, kilowatt lithium ion model, is the one you want. That's the one that is in that range for that car. So, yeah. And it drives me nuts because I actually, sorry, and I know I've got my whole, <laughs> I know I'm going off theme here, but what I think is, you know, at the start of the year, I put my neck out and said, the two big sellers this year are going to be Aura Cat and uh, and Dolphin, uh, and that was you know based on because some conversations I'd had last year. Aura Cat's now, like you say, it's not a forty grand car or maybe even a high thirties anymore. It starts with a six. Dolphin's a million years away because you know Australia didn't really um, let's say let's say they haven't done an excellent job with BYD in terms of nice type launch, um, you know. If you give people a choice, and uh, Stephen Bax has just come up with a comment there about combat range anxiety, and I think that's a fair point, but people who know EVs understand that actually the big battleground is, um, the big battleground will be will be charging infrastructure and places to charge. It'll be charger anxiety, not range anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, if you give people a choice, so you've got an A or a B, then you, you, know, you have a price point and, a, and, a, uh, and an extended range. So... Uh, it's sort of frustrating for me that this that the vehicles are coming out with prices that start with a seven when uh, or a cat should have been you know didn't need connected didn't need the big battery could have been a low fours or a high threes and mm-hmm. um, you know where's dolphin it's a million miles you know it's a million miles away and and uh, and i think i stuck my neck out at the start of this year and said those two would be the big sellers this year yeah, the uh, the interesting car coming up, of course, is that Mahindra's confirmed their EV models are coming to New Zealand. Mm. I have slightly more, high, slightly higher hopes about them now that I've driven the uh, Sangyong because, of course, they share technology, I believe, on those cars, uh, and I I rate that car, rate that Sangyong, uh, and uh, they really want to play in the low low um, end of the market. So they've they've said they had they need their vehicles to be cheap. Well, they're not cheap, but but in that value pricing range. So yeah, let's um before we move on, let's just run through a few comments. Um, uh, Mark Buckingham says uh, towing with a good rating, close to the Y. Um, uh, Paul O'Connor's commented on my driving around the corner that crossing a double yellow line. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> uh, Lee, I think was just reaffirming uh, one of your comments there, uh, Anthony. Um, Lee also says, uh, MG4 dedicated platform too. Yep, going back a bit there, it uh, definitely is a dedicated platform. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's almost a case of MG ZS only has to last until 4 gets here because from everything I've seen other than maybe the boot, the 4 outpoints on everything, space, um, range, performance, the lot. So I think it's probably going to be a fairly easy sell into the 4 as opposed to ZS at, uh, in dealerships. Um, Lee says, I don't know why shared chassis trigger me. They used to trigger me a little bit, Lee, but... Then you see cars pop up like the Sangyong, which do a good job of it. Um, so I wouldn't panic too much about it. Um, the Stephen Baxter, yeah, it sounds like they're trying to combat range anxiety for EV buyers. You can see the reverse there with MG only going for the small battery, not the big battery in the CDS. Arguably, they're making the right decision now. Uh, and Warren Wormott from BYD uh, New Zealand, Dolphin plan for launch mid next year. But can you tell us the price, Warren? We'll watch the comments for that. And uh, Brody says, don't you think that once vehicles have 500 kilometers of open range, that charger anxiety is largely dealt with in AOTA ROA? That's an interesting one, Brody. And I, and I was having, um, so, having some 
discussions were on, on Facebook, on the uh, BYD page, I think, this week, with people who were just wanting some tips before they go and tackle some, uh, uh, some long-range trips. The size of your battery only really matters for the first charge. After that point, it more comes down to how fast the battery charges. So, yeah, and, and, and I think that's going to start to fix itself soon with having somewhat longer-range EVs means that ChargeNet and others can now put faster charges in certain places where they know people better facilitate the long run. So, you know, we're probably likely to see a bank of, of hyperchargers between Auckland and Taupo and then one at Bulls. So you can basically hop down the country over a few... Uh, um, uh, few uh, charger issues so yeah it's it's an interesting one with that um, now Mark Buckingham says you moved to tower I'm going to stop the buff buff buffering are you plugged into the charger well, actually Mark can you confirm is the Turangi charge net charger still there or has it been changed because uh, if you guys saw for from uh, Onward EV Day, we put an interview with Z Energy. Uh, they were talking about all their various um, uh, runouts with charging, most of it high-speed charging, which is really awesome. Um, but I gather that that one might be for the swap. I don't think it's for the chop, but I think it's for the swap. So just be aware of that if you are traveling through Turangi and desperate to charge in the near future. Um, so now next on the list is... To the MG4, which we discussed before, um, MG Motor New Zealand has announced that the fully electric MG4 hatch is set to join the brand's lineup from mid-2023. MG Motor Chief Executive for Australia and New Zealand, Peter Chow, outlined late last year how strong demand for the model in Europe is likely to mean a struggle for supply. He added that the brand is trying as hard as possible to get the MG4 into local showrooms in meaningful numbers. I think we've kind of covered this one off a bit, but if anyone's got any questions about the the or insight about the uh, the MG4 they want to discuss, um, have we got any thoughts about what this is going to be? It, it's anyone expecting a budget hatch is probably a bit off the mark. I think it's going to be brushed about the same time, the same as as it is. Um, I, I just to, um, just to get back to the the ZS, um, one of the it was one of the few sort of marks against that car I had today was that it was quite clearly. Uh, compromise in terms of platform relative to the BYD. Um, it was still incredibly pleasant to, to drive and it rode really well and obviously had a lot of the EV quirks of, of being really refined and silent. Um, but I think being on that dedicated platform that the MG4 is is going to make it a bit of a game changer um, for that brand at that price point. Yeah, as you say, I expect it's going to basically overlap with ZS for pricing. Anthony, I any thoughts? Work. I did a little bit of work just looking at UK pricing of MG4 relative to ZSEV because we got very aggressive pricing in New Zealand for ZSEV. And, uh, and I, now I don't work for MG. I can probably share this with you. The <laughs> night before the original announcement of, of the original ZSEV, we chopped the price. Uh, so we'd had a like a, quite a long lead-in for that vehicle. And then we chopped the dealer margin out and reduced the price. Literally, you know, it was like the night of. So we were rewriting mm. presentations and all sorts of stuff. It was a, it made me go a little bit grayer if that was possible. And <laughs> um, and so therefore, I was trying to draw some analogy to see where I thought MG4 would fit, but I just can't get a handle on. You know, we were so aggressive on, on taking margin out. I can't get a handle of where um, ZS should really. Uh, should really sit versus MG4. So I think to your point, Richard, it's not going to be cheaper. I remember us talking about internally about this car a couple of years ago because uh, it's not very big. Um, but, um, you know, we were talking about it being sort of 
you know, it, it's it's medium hatch. Uh, whereas ZSUV is uh, ZS is sort of upper end of of small SUV. So yeah, I think your right's going to be more expensive, and of course you're going to end up with a bigger battery and a bigger range. So it might even sit above ZS EV. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of MG's attempt at, an, at a Volkswagen ID3, I, I guess. Though some people are actually seem to be rating it above the ID3 from the tests I'm seeing out of the uh, out of Europe. Yeah. So that's interesting. And of course, I think there's quite a quite a sizzling performance model coming along as well. If you're uh, if you're waiting for the uh, MG4 to come along so you can throw an order in, then do uh, mention it in the comments, and uh, maybe someone from MG is watching and can get you up the list. Um, I know that yeah. was super excited about this product. You know, he he this he thinks this is the vehicle that will will really catapult the, the brand in New Zealand. Absolutely, if they can get the supply. Um, and the and this thing, I mean, it's with if we look at the ZS EV, um, I think people were still waiting. You know, there were people waiting for the last model that ended up shifting to the new model. And uh, yeah, if you can get it, you can. Bit of a struggle. Um, yeah. Uh, look, Trisha's, Trisha's just made a point about, you know, Mokka and Peugeot. E208 is really expensive for for New Zealand. It's a really, really lovely car. Mm. Um, ID3, you know, it's not going to come here. But, yeah, uh, look, my my view I can say on record is I think nearly everything's too expensive. I think Atto 3 is an exception, and I think MGZS is an exception. And the only reason I say MG3 is not because I, I don't work there anymore. They don't pay, you know, I'm clearly on no, but... It's you know at fifty thousand dollars, it is the cheapest EV on the market, so it can't be too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Echo Three, the fifty kilowatt hour, is, is super well priced too. But there's nothing else. There's nothing else close at the mm-hmm. moment. That's right. I think the other thing is we we spend spend so much time focusing on EV pricing, we forget that the prices of other cars have been rising too. So, and mm-hmm. but I think there's so much focus on uh, the EV stuff that the second anything goes up a little bit when a new model comes out or whatever, it gets a bit scorned upon um yeah it's uh yeah so i'm still hassling you warren any indication on dolphin price i mean where are we going to sit that within these lists that we're talking about um yeah uh brody mg uh, sorry Volkswagen said they'd love to have it there but i think they just can't either get get supply or uh get it at the right price and i suspect it's a case of also that they've been allocated a certain number of evs and they probably want to take those suvs with a bit of margin but i think uh the team down at uh, Drive EV and Telpo, someone might be listening, uh, have one at the moment. Well, well, last last time I was there, they had one. They might better get another one. I don't know. Um, but to be honest, I think if you are holding out for an ID3, uh, an MG4 is going to probably do the same thing at quite a bit less at a retail price, I suspect. And if you do watch the UK reviews, they are rating that car super highly. Yeah. Um, now, on to something uh, non-car related. It's directly car related. Oh, hang on. There we go. Uh, Genesis uh, EV Energy Roaming uh, claims to save up to 70% on, 70% on public charging. In a New Zealand first, Genesis has developed an energy roaming system for EV drivers, making it cheaper and easier to charge when out and about. Everywhere, oh, every with an e, capital E and a capital V, clever, uh, lets EV owners use charge nets, 280 charges throughout the country for the same rate. I think that number of 280 is older. I think there's a few more charges than that now. 
for the same rate that they pay at home, which can save drivers up to 70% on the cost of charging, eliminating the variability and uncertainty of public charging rates. Uh, based on driving an average 25 to 30 kilometers a day, the cost of charging an EV is about the same as paying 30 cents per litre for petrol. An EV can be charged overnight for about $3 per 100 kilometers, depending on the model and electricity plan. A fast charge can cost up to $10 for 10 kilometers. Um, Ooh, that's a challenging one from Ron. We'll come back to a minute. Let's just briefly touch on this. I love the idea of this plan. Uh, I was doing a lot of time fast charging until, and and I believe, uh, um, and I'm going to look through the comments. I believe Paul O'Connor is listening. I finally got a charger installed at home, and now I'm not fast charging as much. That and moving to the BYD with the 60 kilowatt over the 40. But anyway, so that's it's less of an impact for me now. Um, I think this is pretty cool um i believe you can also then do your charging on the billing um uh, but the issue for me personally is i had a look at it and i genesis's rates are actually not as great as some other ev plans for at home so unless you're if you're doing a reasonable amount of out DC charging away from home, it probably is good value. If you're only occasionally DC charging, I think you probably want to look a bit closer at the rates that you're paying for your home electricity. Um, uh, Brody uh, has just uh, made a really valid point. The scheme's, scheme seems like a downer to me. I don't like things that encourage people to use public charges over home charging. Um, that is probably a fair thing. I suspect there are controls in here that stop people just camping it forever at, for, you know, 20 cents a kilowatt hour on a charger but uh yeah it could do interesting things for usage it'll be interesting to see how that plays out uh at the um uh at the charger and i guess we should repeat our usual mantra on the show vector please drop free charging it creates terrible habits um yeah uh will you be switching over when your zs uh, go, uh, arrives to this or will you just be charging at home on the cheapest rate you can find anthony oh i'll absolutely be installing a home charger I'm, i've got it um i've got the forms in now for the installation uh, you've got to charge at home, right? Um, you can, it's the cheapest electricity you'll, you'll get. Um, uh, I've been doing a bit of work on national averages at the moment, but uh, it's the cheapest electricity you'll get. Um, it's kind of, it's a bit like a, a uh, the electricity goes to waste basically because they don't store it at nighttime. So if you're storing it at night, you're, you're kind of actually working for the environment a little bit uh, <laughs> in a strange old way. Um and then I think your fast charging is um, I think your fast charging is just you get out of jail, isn't it? When you're on when you're up against the clock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Now we'll we'll quick we'll go to this question that Warren Wilmot from BWD has posed in the in the chat, and I want to hear people's question. opinions from the floor. And I'm and I'm sorry, Anthony, your face keeps on getting covered when I put up uh, comments. But uh, what we'll do is we'll we'll take if we take this down, you should you should come back to normal for a second. I just have my um, little hands. On the top of the camera. Sorry, and that is, and people get your answer fairly quickly. What do you think the BYD Dolphin or Addo 2 or whatever it is uh, should be priced at when it arrives in New Zealand? Um, I guess that's going to depend, Warren, again, on what battery option we get here. Mm-hmm. But Anthony, you've got any, you, you, this is kind of your trade. Any thoughts around that? Oh, actually, you should go to the panel first. You should go to the um, the comments panel first, and then I'll give you my uh, summary. Uh, Warren, do you, what batteries are available? Could you just share that with us? My recollection is, is there was a 40-something, and a, and then there's a big fella, but I, I, it's a while since I properly looked at it. 
I'm expecting an answer from you, Trisha. This is this is your time to shine. Uh, for those who don't know, Trisha is, is largely responsible for the the BYD uh, groups on Facebook uh, out there. So if I look up the BYD, so you can get a thirty and a, a thirty and a forty four point nine. Surely we'd probably, uh, despite the conversation before, surely we'd only want the forty-four point no, nine here. Totally got to bring, bring both. both. You've got to bring both. You got to think about you know um, these older uh, these older leaves and stuff. You know that sort of supplies will slowly dry up. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got to bring in the small battery because you've got to you've got to have a lower price vehicle, and people can choose. You, you don't need six models; you just need a entry level spec smaller battery, lux spec mm. with with bigger battery. Um, yeah. But anyway, so, sorry. I, so 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 so, so my my thoughts is you basically do high thirties for the for, for the thirty kilowatt, so that it tucks in just under basically a hybrid Corolla by the time you put the mm-hmm. this, the thing on it and uh and uh, a probably about 40 for the bigger battery maybe just over 40. so warren uh warren's comment there is uh is interesting can you are you able to share that richard yeah can, of course um um that's the atto 3 uh model using mm. one spec but two battery sizes i actually think there's an argument to not do that if it gets you to a price point but i think mm. you've got to be you've got to be 39 990 for the entry level, if that means taking a smaller battery, you will then not just dominate electric vehicle. You know, you will totally dominate electric vehicle sales. Mm-hmm. Totally dominate electric vehicle sales. And I think that's <laughs> key. If you really, really want to get adoption, and when you start to look at, you know, 25% of passenger vehicle sales last month were were, were pure electric. Um, and that's three times the volume this time last year. And uh, plug-in hybrids are three times the volume last year. I think there were 17%. Don't have the stats to hand, sorry. Uh, mild hybrids, interestingly, barely went up. If you re- But we're selling stuff that's 50 grand plus. And our progress against moving the fleet, against really, really moving the fleet, is absolutely marginal because the fleet's so big. You know, New Zealand's private vehicle fleet is 2 million vehicles or something. Sorry, there's an article uh, in EVs and beyond last month, Richard, is that correct? Where I've got Mm. some vehicle park sizes. So you won't shift the needle. You won't trickle down enough used vehicles for subsequent buyers who don't have deep pockets if you don't bring in some cheaper vehicles in the first place. We brought in, you know, New Zealand brings in consistently for like the last three years, 200 used Nissan Leafs a month. It's super constant. Mm. Um, There is nothing else at that price point. And that's why you've got And and that level is there and that level won't change because that's all they can get. Because EVs haven't really taken off in Japan. They're hard to get out of the UK at the moment. So the the usage has come from the new market. I also think there's another factor in why these companies need to probably be really aggressive at that lower end as they get these cheaper and cheaper options. And, And Warren may have some figures on this. And you may have uh, some background information on this, Anthony, and that's that EVs are great at bringing new buyers from the used market into the new market. And generally, once people are in the new market, they stay in the new market. So it's such a great way as we bring in these cheap models to just bring these people into that segment. And it's good custom. Um, these are people who can then ter- get service business out of turnaround every few years. Uh, yeah, uh, I imagine that there's a fairly high 
percentage of those BYD customers who've never bought a new car before. There definitely is in the Tesla space, and that leads to a lot of people panicking about paint protection and oh no, I've someone drove within three feet of my new car. Um, sorry, Tesla owners, I'm not hassling you. Uh, they've seen a few pop up in the BYD stakes now too. Um, yeah, so getting there. If we go to the comments, um, the uh, um, Mark Buckingham says uh, most of the time OEM can't choose. They get told what's available to her to our tiny market. Interestingly, from what I've heard, some of these Chinese brands are actually quite willing to talk, and uh, Anthony may be wrong. You know, one of the things that I found fascinating working for MG, and to get into MG, just as a bit of background for, you know, I know Warren's on here, and Warren and I know each other, obviously. Um, But I've worked for Skoda, Volkswagen Group, at head office level, Mm -hmm. Mercedes-Benz and MG. And one of the things that really, really surprised me at MG was they were the most customer-focused brand and the most responsive brand I've ever worked for. You work for somebody like Mercedes-Benz, which is a beautiful company to work with. I've got no criticisms in terms of the business, but it was not agile. MG, New Zealand, when I left, we were seven people. You know, (laughs) we were seven people. There were seven people in the vans department at Mercedes-Benz that I ran. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it was it was nuts. There was forty five plus financial services with eighty staff at Mercedes Benz back in the in the day, which was not that long ago. I think you'll find the Chinese brands are very very agile. They're all determined, and, and Warren will see this. They're so determined to be successful mm-hmm. um, that they will listen to demand. And I think you get, you know, when we priced MG three in New Zealand, you know, you get the pricing that you demand looking at the competitive set to get the volume and they worry less about establishing the status quo. They just cut out programs that some of the other brands do, which are nice, which add cost. And they're just very, very focused on building the brand. So I think you've got a chance of a three. Look, I know that's slightly wishful thinking, but I think you've got a chance of a low three if you get the smaller battery on, on EA one. And I think that's really exciting. And I think if they do that, they will totally totally clear up. It will be just phenomenal for the industry because it will just drive that adoption as well, right? You need the adoption. Yeah. Once people have sampled and lived with it, it's it's so easy to live with EV. But there's a lot of fear that goes with the move. And, and Tricia will know because I, you know, I've I've been reading your posts on Facebook, Tricia, for for ages. You know, and you you see the journey. You know, what do I do with charging? What do I do here? What do I do there? And, and as people grow and they become advocates and share their knowledge it's 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 fabulous to see yeah. but you need to be uh, i would i would love to know and someone's actually come to if an electric vehicle was your first new or near new vehicle please do mention this in the comments because i think it's something i've always thought and i'd love to get some information backing it um stephen baxter says uh, high 30s would be amazing but realistically i'm ex- i'd expect it to start a starting rate at 48 thousand dollars i think it'll be quite that high because that would put it right on, just under the uh the shorter, smaller battery um, uh, at 03. Uh, Mike Buckingham says, uh, what are you calling clapped out? That's my pride and joy. I don't know what he's talking about there. I'm I'm, I'm uh, missing that. Oh, I think he's referring to Margaret Baker's comment about uh, I'm doing almost all my charging on the three pin plug now that I have a long range. The seven kilowatt charger was a lifesaver in the clapped out old leaf though. Only DC charge when I'm on a road trip. Now, for those who don't know, and Margaret and Mark are, both but slight identities in the in the trade. Uh, when Mark Buckingham got a Model 3, and I think he's now got a Model Y, uh, Margaret bought his 
uh, Kona, and I think he took hers, her leaf for some reason. I don't know. Um, yeah, we're not sure. Uh, but anyway, that's what they're talking about. That uh, hey, if a leaf is moving, it's good. Uh, Paul O'Connor says it's agreed. Then thirty-four nine ninety. <laughs> um, I love there you it. go. You've been you've it. been told. Uh, Trisha definitely won't start with a three or four. I think. Um, uh, I'm not sure if she, she's talking. It's going to be one of those. Often, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we're um, referring to the extended range of the upper battery. Okay, understand that. Uh, I think it'll start. I think the extended range surely will start with a four. We'll see. Um, on to my second question. Uh, David Button says, "Re EV EV bringing old bias to new." I have a BYD. My previous car purchases have been six thousand to eight thousand plus fifty dollars for an old Corolla at uni. Only went <laughs> only went new for EV. Thanks ANZ Good Energy. It is quite a new experience for an average Kiwi. And the thing with that now, David, is when you go next time to get a car, you'll find because you bought a new car and a more modern car and a service history, it won't be as expensive to step up to your next new car. Um, particularly, I think with the demand and the use space for those EVs. Uh, and uh, Lee says, yeah, our first EV and first brand new car. Same for us here. Our first vehicle, our, our most new vehicle prior to that was a uh, two, two and a bit year old Ford X-Lease vehicle. So, yeah, it's it's a great way. Of, they are definitely bringing new people into the uh, space. Now, let's shift on to a story that is hilarious, absolutely hilarious. And Matthew's going to, Love this one. And that is this post up on Facebook um, that went up about Eagers Nissan and Brisbane. Um, they uh, traded, well, they claim to have traded a $400,000 uh, car for a Nissan Leaf. Eagers Nissan, a dealership in Brisbane, CBD, has published a post on social media detailing a customer named Barry. Uh, and his unique trade in. According to the post, Barry traded in a Nissan Skyline R34 GDR V-Spec 2 with $400,000 for a brand new Nissan Leaf and what the dealership said was a straight swap. The post has subsequently gone viral, drawing comments and shares from petrol heads around the world. And let's just cut the chase. It's been found out to be BS. And it got found out to be, be BS by... Someone going back through Eager's Nissan Facebook posts uh, and uh, searching and finding that uh, that car was actually on loan for display from a performance car workshop slash collection nearby. So that's <laughs> hilarious. I don't know why they thought they would never get found out, uh, but uh, it's interesting. But the interesting thing about that, and I think we might need to go further down this track and, and uh, actually do a story on it, is that I know a dealer that swapped a Tesla Model 3 for a, uh, and it wasn't a Tesla dealer, obviously. It was a dealer who'd purchased a Tesla to look at it, try it out before they bought had EVs arriving on their own yard, for an R32 Nissan Skyline GTR. So, uh, yeah, they, maybe some of these swaps do come about a little bit. Matthew, um, any idea why do you think they, they did this? I mean, seems like a bad day in the social media department or a good day in the social media department. department. I... I can tell you it's an extremely good day in the social media department. I just pulled up the post. Um, the the post that's on screen there was from a few days ago, uh, a screen capture. Um, since then, that post has accumulated more than 23,000 reactions, 14,000 comments, uh, and 18,000 shares. 
So not bad for however long it took for them to find the ribbon out the back of the yard uh, and find someone with a clean shirt from the office to take a nice picture with it. Um, pretty cheap social media. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it continues to, to blow up. I guess the, the tra- trading a Model 3 for an, an R32, um, I feel like they're fairly comparable value. And that's, you know, I think that's that's it sort of makes sense. Um, but that R34 could buy, I don't know, could buy seven or eight of those Leafs, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Now, this is uh, not an isolated incident in the last week or two with a dealership making, I don't know if we can call that one a faux pas, it seems somewhat deliberate. But uh, a Lexus dealer in New Zealand has made a social media faux pas in regards to their marketing with this post. Now, this post is great and innocuous. It's talking about the best driving uh, position for safe driving. But can anyone see what the vehicle is that that woman is driving in that? Not a Lexus, is it? It's not a Lexus. Any guesses out there? Before I, I'll, I'll give you like 10 seconds before I answer. Um, and 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 uh, I mean, even surely Anthony, from a marketing perspective, putting a left-hand drive car in a New Zealand dealership ad would be a little bit funny. Mm, I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm just looking at that double cup holder. Stephen Baxter thinks it's a Tesla. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think. I, I, I can't see enough. It is right. That is a that is a Tesla Model Three that she is driving, not <laughs> any Lexus. And and I'm not sure they do that. Lex, Lexus has a. Uh, a um electric vehicle in its range the ux 300 um so yeah how, how does that happen when you, you've worked in marketing departments anthony how does someone make that stuff up uh well it would have never i'd, I'd like to say never happened on my watch stuff does happen, <laughs> right but but, <laughs> but you know i think you've got to be obsessive about that stuff and left-hand drive used to drive me nuts you know when right and working right and drive markets because some of the time I, would, I worked in the uk first before i came here um i just think you need people who love cars who work in the marketing department so that you spot that that's when somebody goes oh i've got this social media thing you go well it's clearly not our cars you dummy you know you you need to go <laughs> it out and, and we people working for a brand that i used to work with who liked the brand and didn't like the cars and it used to drive me nuts you know <laughs> I, you, you gotta love what you do uh, and not just for the superficial bits right yeah yeah, yeah. no look awesome right that is the end of the news for the day and uh with that we'll let matthew go he he had an early start getting cars prepared to be photographed and he's got an early start tomorrow uh and i think he's he's got a busy week helping with a school play or something like that That's you're a good man day. you're a good man matthew i am i am well past anyway exactly so so uh <laughs> farewell matthew and uh we'll uh let you out of the room and anthony and I, anthony and i will carry on so that's the news covered. Uh, let's uh, just uh, move on to discussing what Anthony is up to these days. And that is, well, you, you've, you've, one of us run through quickly your history in the industry. You've been around a, uh, not to imply anything, a, a wee while. And you've, you've had some interesting, interesting roles on the petrol side, but let's more keep to the electrification stuff. Yeah. And there's a great question from Patricia, by the way, that I just, uh, I'd like to share just as I'll do it. Worth answering because she said, oh, seven people at MG New Zealand, how many at BYD? MG New Zealand now is a lot more than seven, Patricia. I left about 18 months ago. Mm. So um, I'm not sure the number now, but they might have just broken double figures. Um, mm. um, I met, I, you know, I know some of the, some of the new team that are there. 
So I, I, I think, I, I, sorry, just on that too, I, I'm not sure there's a huge number of people specifically on BYD in New Zealand, but BYD is part of the Atiko group in New Zealand, which has a massive and very experienced and talented team out in Mount Wellington. And I think that's why, you know, look, we've discussed before some of the issues with BYD Australia, why BYD New Zealand was able to get up and running really well, really quickly, because they had an experienced team, experienced structures, uh, an ex- a good structure, um, a wear- parts warehouse ready to go, everything. So so that explains that. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, look, um, Richard, I started my career in, in automotive uh, in my 20s when, uh, w- when a dealer was looking for an extra pair of hands moving some cars, and it was a Porsche Ferrari dealer. Uh, so, of course, I told all my mates I was going to work for a couple of weeks moving Porsches and driving Porsches and Ferraris. And what I really ended up doing was, clean, was cleaning Renaults. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, and uh, to cut a long story short, I ended up selling Renaults for um, for this dealership as part of a large dealer group in the UK. And I worked in, I worked in retail for about five or six years uh, for a couple of big dealer groups and then moved across um, uh, uh, moved across to work for Skoda uh, UK. And um, Skoda at the time was, gosh, this would have been late 90s. So um, Skoda at the time was uh, owned by Volkswagen, um, but was just about to launch Fabia, very first gen Fabia. They'd launched Octavia. I like a bit of a challenge. Lots of friends said I was nuts going to work for them. It was a fantastic job. Loved it. Was there for about five years. Met my wife um, at, at Skoda. Uh, she worked for an advertising agency. Uh, I um, ended up looking after the marketing department there. We did some fantastic stuff. I worked with a great boss uh, and then also worked for Volkswagen Group in the UK. Well, same building. Worked for Volkswagen Passenger Cars, uh, where I was responsible for launching Phaeton and Touareg, uh, which talk about a poison chalice there. Um, and then and then we moved to New Zealand uh, and I did a stint uh, on the motorbikes, um, uh, no, I, I like Renaults, by the way. Uh, um, <laughs> um, so it's always a good car. <laughs> ran uh, ran the vehicle disposal division for Tourism Holdings for a while. I worked for Nissan for a little while. Uh, ran the vehicle disposal division for Tourism Holdings, which is basically our flogged camper vans. Mm. Um, was got a bit disillusioned with automotive at that point. Did a very very brief uh, stint in in. Um, uh, in recruitment, but only lasted a few months. Went back into marketing, working on the BMW and Mini accounts for New Zealand, and then ran and then headed up Mercedes-Benz vans. And about three years ago, four years ago, uh, took a job to work for MG. It was the most bizarre recruitment process I've ever had. I ended up doing a business plan as part of my re- part of my uh, interview process. Went out to Aussie. Uh, for about three days, came back with a laptop, and I was Mr. I was MG New Zealand. You know, first job was to negotiate an exit with the old distributor, uh, and then dispose of a whole bunch of MG3 manuals, MG6s, and MG HSs. So that was the job. So you know, uh, which got me to where uh, where I am today. Probably took a little bit longer to explain that than I'd planned. Um, and then about 18 months ago, after I left MG, which was a pretty tough place to work, it was a fantastic brand and a, an amazing journey. And I, I take my hat off to to the team there for what they've uh, achieved, really, in such a short period of time. Um, then um, set up Boost Auto, which is an automotive consultant consultancy, uh, working with emerging brands, um, sales and marketing effectiveness. 
And interestingly, uh, Boost Auto are going to be one of the speakers at um, at Auto Talk Live. Uh, and about four or five months ago, I've set up Horwin New Zealand. And Horwin is an electric motorcycle and EV brand, uh, motorcycle and scooter brand. If we can cut to Kahorn in a second, just with the, with MG, I mean, how important was electrification to the kind of new MG? I mean, was it always part of the plan to to have it that way? Because a lot of people, I think, in New Zealand think MG, they do think electrified vehicles. Mm. Uh, was it from day dot part of the, the theory behind MG New Zealand or MG Australia as well? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things to bear in mind is that the con- you know the context of, of where China's come from. So China, with its managed economy and for all its uh, all of its flaws, it's very very it's a very good nation in terms of thinking ahead. So when they wanted to develop an automotive industry, they said basically, uh, let's not let how do we become a global leader in 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 vehicle production? And they said, well, let's invest heavily in EVs. So there was a very very big carrot for um for consumers and for manufacturers to invest in ev and then they drove and they so they drove the demand they drove the production and development with um, with um, investment incentives and there and of course you needed a jv partner to be a, a, a manufacturing company in in uh, in china so mg of course or saic is an, is the jv part is one of two jv partners that volkswagen has so they have volkswagen saic and then uh, there are also, so you see a lot of Skodas in China, for example, and they're all built by SAIC. Mm-hmm. Of course, LV slash Maxis is theirs. There's a whole bunch of truck JVs. Um, and then the GM partner for, sorry, they're the joint venture partner for GM as well. Mm. So just, just, been- just, just on the, on the, G, on the GM thing, there, yeah. there was a, there was a couple of stories that went around Australia and a, and a few rumors through the industry that uh, they almost came close to a deal that would have seen the MG ZSEV I'm driving around now having a Holden badge on the front. Is there much truth to that? You know, I think there was a lot of stuff that went on that was very, very behind the closed doors. What was fascinating about uh, about the CEO uh, for Australia and New Zealand, he was very, very well connected at the factory. He was a Chinese national, but very highly regarded, massive ambition and big picture thinking and, and very well connected. So I've been in meetings where we've been doing our volume planning and say, well, we're short on stock. And he got onto the phone to the factory, you know, like the head guy at the factory and like, we need more production. And it was done <laughs> in, in 15 minutes. Uh, that I've never seen anything like that before. So, so EVs was clearly always going to be part of the master plan because China is such a powerhouse. And you're going to see that with the new brands coming through, right? Mm-hmm. And you're seeing it with, you're seeing it with BYD. You're seeing it with the, with the mod, with the number of, EVs that MG is producing when you look at where they are in Europe, you know, such a high, well, they're EV only in Europe. It's mm-hmm. only the UK where they're not EV only. Um, so yeah, EVs at the heart of what MG are doing now. Um, and as we get a little bit closer to to the stuff coming to eventuality in the market, you, you start to see bits of the jigsaw that you perhaps didn't see earlier on. And I think that's mm-hmm. the fascinating thing. I think the uh, I feel like the first generation ZSCV was a bit of a watershed car for Chinese vehicles in New Zealand. I think if it hadn't have gone well, things like the BYD may not have been so well received. I mean, you kind of proud of what was achieved with that car coming to market and and how it was received and how well it sold. Yeah, I was. You know, ZS just the petrol ZS um, was an incredibly well priced car, and that augurs well for when an EV product comes along. You know those. 
uh, Zeres was not um, Zeres was not a class. I'm talking about petrol here. Zeres petrol was not a class leading car. It was great value, and I was pleasantly surprised by the build quality. I remember having my interview. This going back to, to Sydney. You know, I was out there for my third interview. And, and I just, I was driving a Mercedes-Benz because it was my company car. And, and, you know, my boss said, here, take this for a drive and tell me what you think. And you kind of go, well, you know, it's not an $85,000 Mercedes, but how do you couch that? But in reality, it was an impressive car for the price point. You got to remember this thing was 22 grand in New Zealand, 23 grand in New Zealand. Mm. So ZSEV was a watershed car because it was such good value. It really, really moved the dial. It was the first SUV um proper suv electric vehicle you know uh, um uh, nero um you know wasn't really a it's not really a um not really an ev uh, sorry not really a an suv um sorry kona beg your pardon so kona mm. you know it was built it built itself as an suv but it was really a hatch with a bit of extra plastic um so yeah it was a big deal there was a big price difference, lots of spec, lots of space, um, and was relatively affordable. And I think that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you are doing your own thing now, obviously, with Horn. So you're, do you think electric scooters are kind of having their time? Uh, I mean, what do, you, what do you see the future of electric scooters? You know, we talk a lot about electric cars, but there's so many other ways to get around and people are talking about how to reduce their footprint full stop and arguably a big electric car isn't going to be right for everyone. I mean, is now the time for New Zealand to be looking heavily at electric scooters? You know, um, you can tell there's a bit of a theme going on when I talk about EVs not being affordable enough. There's, 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 globally, there's a shift towards micromobility. And I think that... Um, for me, where I got to when I started looking at electric scooters was how are we going to help people get into EVs? And not everybody can afford $50,000, right? So the point about electric scooters is when you start to look at how we use cars versus how we think we use them, that shows the opportunity. Now, our bet, our gamble, and it's a fairly big gamble because all of a sudden it's our money, not somebody else's, uh, is that we can grow the segment for scooters. 68% of car journeys are sole occupancy. More than half of car journeys are under 11Ks. This is NZTA data. You don't need an EV car to benefit from the cheap running costs of an electric vehicle. And an electric scooter, like a moped, so you can drive on a car license, Mm. costs about one cent a kilometer. To put that into context, if your EV is about 20% of an ICE car, an electric scooter is about 20% of your EV car. Wow. So, you know, we don't have to say to everybody, ditch your petrol car or ditch your EV and buy a scooter. But what we do want to try and encourage is say, park that ice or mild hybrid or whatever you've got and take those shorter journeys on two wheels. And then you'll do something not just for your pocket, but for the environment. So that's really where we need to get to. And I think the challenge with Horwin is we have to grow the category as well as growing the brand. So we've got this kind of really weighty project um, to try and, and we have to outpace the market. You know, to be number to be number one in the market um, when we were negotiating pricing with the factory. You know, to be number one in the market, we only need to do about 130 vehicles a year. <laughs> but the very fact 
that somebody like Upco, who's the market leader here, mm. doesn't sell 500 vehicles, tells you we've got a mountain to climb. So I think I, I quite like the, the challenge. It's been fascinating. We've got some great dealers on board. Like mm. we've really, really got some great, great dealers on board. And, and we haven't gone through motorcycle dealers. We've gone to car dealers because they understand the electric journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it, it's going to be a fun ride it's going to be it's going to be a white knuckle ride for the first 12 months i think just making sure we've got summer really you know bikes are a real um yeah. seasonal product uh, and i'm riding my moped now heaps i'm kind of <laughs> you know, i really am uh, and it's 50 kilometers an hour limited you know so yeah. so that you, you're not on the motorway and i'm not doing big journeys do you want to quickly run through your range and what kind of dollars we're looking at yeah. for, for having a Hallwind scooter in the garage alongside your EV? Yeah, for sure. So um, uh, you had a picture in, in there, Richard, of, a, of an orange bike. So we've, got, we've basically got two models. Uh, that's a shot that we took down at um, – we took Hallwind to the first show at the weekend. We went to the Take Charge Expo in, uh, in, in Christchurch. Which I hear uh, was very good. Which was fantastic. Mackie was there as well, an ID4. So it was great to see those in the flesh. Mm. Um, so something like this, which is a uh, it's the biggest battery of any um, moped on the market. It's 2.6 kilowatt hours. That's a, this is a $5,300 scooter. It's good for about 80K, um, up to 80K. You need to be careful. The range varies really. Uh, the range varies quite high because if you've got a two-ton car and you add a person in, it makes no difference whether there's two people but you put you've got a 95 kilo scooter and you put two people on it really destroys the range uh, i'm so, not gonna i'm not gonna not gonna get 80 kilometers out of one put it that way <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's uh, up to 80 k's it's 5300 then we've got a second model which is the same silhouette but it's a 125 cc equivalent so it's good for about 90 uh, miles an hour oh, sorry miles an hour kilometers an hour and the same uh and the same range What's the range for that scooter in Wellington? Uh, yes, so, well, who knows what the range, Trisha, for that scooter in Wellington is. We're going to bring, and we're, the third model is we're bringing a, what we call a delivery service, which is a double battery commercial vehicle version. One single seat, much, much bigger rack, two batteries, so up to 160K range. And it's funny, I had a meeting with, um, um, when I uh, had a meeting with Auckland Council a couple of weeks ago, you know, because all these councils have got to look at uh, reducing their emissions. Um, uh, I showed them some pictures of scooters in Vietnam, you know, where they've got three pigs on board or a family of five. And not because we should be doing that, but because there's a lot more flexibility on scooters than you realize um, when you look at other markets and how they use them. So I think that's the, I think that's the opportunity. We're bringing in some yeah. kick scooters as well. And where I'd really, really like to get to is, is bringing in some proper micro-mobility uh, product like um, like Eve, the uh, Pedelec vans. I'd love to be able to bring uh, quadricycles here. I think there's an opportunity. You know, I think quadricycles are the real gateway product for for EVs for people who yeah, don't they, want to be two wheels. There really needs to be some some discussion. I think at the NZTA level, I think there has been certainly some of the industry organisations have been pushing about that whole quadricycle class. And for those who know, I think things like the Citroen Amy, the the Renault Twizy, those kind of things, they. They certainly would have some appeal, even in limited areas. Like I, I was involved in a bit of a push with the Electric Island Group on Waiheke to get a special dispensation to allow for Twizzies and other vehicles to operate on Waiheke, where that'd be perfect. But even if you look at downtown Auckland, it would be uh, a, a cool idea, I think, uh, 
you just block them from the motorways. <laughs> and for, for me, Richard, what's really important about quadricycles um, is that uh, actually there's 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 almost a net there's almost a global um, framework where you could use so so European they call it quadricycles. A quadricycle means there's two classes of quadricycle. Just for the audience that don't know, I know that Warren knows quadricycles really well. We sell quadricycles in New Zealand, and they're registered on the road, but only New Zealand Post can use them. So the mm. packs of the quadricycles, um, you can ride them at 14, and they're speed limited, or you have a slightly higher power version. You can ride at 16 in Europe. But of course, Japan has K cars, um, which are a little bit bigger, but not much. Um, uh, the US has um, neighborhood vehicles, or you know, and often referred to as golf carts, but they've got low-speed neighborhood vehicles. Uh, the Wuling uh, Wong, the Wuling uh, Mini EV. I'm sorry, yes. the full Which name. there's now a convertible version of. I mean, how cool is that? China's <laughs> best, China's best-selling EV is essentially something that's broadly similar to uh, to a quadricycle, and then you're bringing then you're bringing affordable EVs to New Zealand because mm. there are lots of families. Uh, who would want an EV and can't afford one because they're $50,000. Our scooter's mm-hmm. one option, but maybe something like a Citroen Ami, which is about, what, 8,000 euro? Yeah. Um, maybe 6,000 euro. You know, if we had those and they were in neighborhood areas in, and in cities, what a great transport option for yeah. people that, you know, our bus service is not very good when you're outside the cities. It's great in Auckland, but it's not necessarily great in the provinces so that stuff's important i think it need, needs a proper integrated integrated approach i think yeah and of course you got things like you know pizza delivery and all those and, and short you know last mm-hmm. mile stuff that could all go through that i know there's plenty of small quadricycle style vans um uh that would be be great for the market but uh you know horn sounds interesting and it, it definitely i think the perfect garage would be Potentially, you if you some people are hanging on for their to their ice car because they think occasionally they might need to need to have two cars in the house. Well, perhaps just grabbing a Hallwind scooter or something similar uh, to have next to your BYD or your Sengyong Emotion is uh, is the way to go. So cheap to run uh, Auckland to Wellington for the price of a flat white. I'm not sure it. you'd want to ride one Auckland to Wellington. Are you volunteering to do it? No, we talked about this. I think it would take about four days. You'd need a million spare batteries. <laughs> it, would be, it would be the worst ride you could possibly do on electric on a moped at fifty kilometers an hour. But I, I had a I had a theory on how it could be done. You use that commercial dual battery version, and you yeah. take along an EV with an inverter in it, or like the BYD or something like that, with the yeah. hell. Have a set of batteries charging while a set of batteries are in it. You'd get there eventually. Yeah, like no, we could do it. We could do it. It's, it's going to take a week, and uh, and I tell you, you'd be so bored of riding it at the end of a week, wouldn't you? <laughs> it's, it's the journey that counts, Anthony. The journey that counts. <laughs> uh, look, let's let's run through a few quick comments before we uh, we run out of here. Um, if we go through, uh, Stephen Baxter says exactly the same here. Uh, previous highest cost was thirteen thousand dollars a tens of second hand, replacing an Accela with the Addo three. Uh, extended range ANZ for me too. Uh, we've discussed these bank finance projects on uh, on here before, and it's so cool to see people that people mm. have, uh, are utilizing those and that they're working. Uh, Paul O'Connor says, "I sold cars for twenty years and was staggered. Anyone ever spent more than twenty k on a car? Now though, I can't stop looking at all these new EVs, thinking what good value they are." Um, 
the uh, Neil Johns. We're first-time EV buyers with the Addo. An average week for school runs is 10 bucks for 740 kilometres. Our ICE e at 7.5 uh, litres per 100 kilometres was 200 bucks. The cost saving over time is immense. Um, I don't know if you use that comment. Sorry, we'll skip through a little bit here. Um, and onto the scooter stuff. Uh, Stephen says, uh, when I heard electric scooter, my mind immediately went back to school. That's my soon to being as high school on how riding nifty fifties was super common when I was at high school. I still occasionally ride scooters. They are so much fun. I've I've got a holiday planned with the wife and I. We're going to go to Samoa and rent some scooters and dry, ride around. I I love it, love it. Um, and uh, yeah, from Paul O'Connor, may the NCTA form another committee. I'm sure they will achieve something eventually. Uh, now, uh, Anthony, if people want more information about Horwin uh, scooters, uh, where should they go? Uh, Horwin.co.nz, so H-O-R. Oh, it's on my name. I've just spotted that. <laughs> <laughs> Horwin.co.nz or Horwin.nz on, on Insta, uh, where we're just trying to build a little bit of a following. Uh, awesome. There. And, and that's where we're going to announce the dealers. Uh, stock arrives in a couple of weeks, so... Um, as the stock starts to arrive, then we'll announce the dealers across the country. Great. Go over and like that. Uh, so we'll just run through the last three comments, then we're going to shut off from here. It's, we've been on here for an hour and a quarter. This is pretty good. Uh, Brody says, talking about competing brands, uh, I'm looking forward to eVespers to arrive so I can replace my PX200. Italian electrics, Brody, go with the Chinese. Um, Mark Buckingham says, uh, um, oh, here we go, wrong one. Uh, in 1985, I did Nifty 50 to Hamilton. I'm keen to do it again on an EV. Well, I might uh, reach out to you about that, Mark. <laughs> yep, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Need, we, should, we might need to do a little uh, long distance on the mopeds. Neil John says, do you fancy a BDM to help with the launch? Um, I'm sure you can find Anthony's email on the website if you really want to have a crack at that. And uh, David, David Buxton says, Rianzi, got my solar going in tomorrow. 80K good energy equals BYD plus 6 kilowatt solar plus uh, clean car rebate back off my main mortgage. 80K car equals no solar. Right. I'm assuming it means to be bought a non-EV. Uh, cool. Great. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Thank you so much to Anthony McLean from uh, Horn for, for being here as well and giving us insight not just into Horn, but also into your time with MG and your broader experience with the market. Uh, don't forget to go jump on Horn's Instagram or various other things and uh, reward Anthony for his time. Uh, we will be back this time next week. We'll announce the guest in the next. Oh, there you go, the horn. Um, put user in timeout and block user. Of, there we go. Yeah. I do need to work out how to add a, a moderator in the comments, apparently, to stop that kind of stuff happening. Um, the. <laughs> I'm busted now. We will uh, be back this time next week. We'll put out a notice with the, who the guest is going to be really shortly. And don't forget that the road trip video will go live on the YouTube channel, not the Facebook page, the Evie's Mill YouTube channel uh, at 8 p.m. tomorrow night. I will hang around for the premiere so you can ask me some questions. It was a really rushed last minute trip and video, so don't expect this to be Citizen Kane. It is a lot of numbers, a lot of nerd things, a lot of screenshots from ChargeNet. I'm sure you'll love it. Um, I've probably told half of you uh, what you can do in that car anyway. But uh, yeah, that'll be tonight. And then we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much, everyone. And I will pop up this to say farewell. <laughs>